0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. This is Jeff Frederick, and I'm joined today with a special guest, Gene Kim, author, researcher, DevOps aficionado, and so much more. Uh, So Gene, (laughs) so excited to have you uh, on the podcast. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. And just in case anyone doesn't know, uh, hang out with Jeffrey is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, and he's so much informed. Uh, uh, the latest project, wiring the winning organization. And I was just telling Jeffrey just how much I get out of every interaction that we have.
0: And and uh, thank you, Gene. The, the the feelings mutual. We always have fantastic conversations, and uh, hopefully today is another one. Uh, you mentioned uh, wiring the wiring uh, wiring the winning organization. Uh, The project that you've been working on for the last couple of years, uh, I had the great honor of being an advanced reader. So good. So excited to talk about it. So happy to have you here. Um, I I just want to, for people who don't know, um, I want to talk a little bit about how this fits into your kind of larger mission of the last several years um, one of the places people might know you from is as the organizer of what was called the DevOps Enterprise Summit. Uh, and, and there you were pretty clear about what your goal was, which was, you know, and, and let's, let's let's let me have you describe it. Why, why enterprise? What was the importance of enterprise huh. to you in that?
1: Yeah, in fact, maybe just to rewind a little bit, uh, I would say I've been studying high performing technology organizations for 23 years. And uh, yeah, it started as a journey trying to figure out like, well, how come these amazing organizations, you know, how do they simultaneously get the best project due date performance and development and the best reliability and stability in ops and the best, <laughs> best posture security and compliance. And so uh, that started back when I was the uh, CTO and founder of a company called Tripwire. And you know, that took me into the middle of the DevOps movement in the uh, late 2000s. And that really transformed into kind of a study of, you know, the principles and practices at the tech giants, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft. But it was always my belief that, you know, th- that's not really where the majority of value will be created. Instead, it will be when, uh, you know, large complex organizations, uh, you know, across every industry vertical uh, adopts those same patterns uh, to use that to win in the marketplace. And I think that was what was so rewarding about the DevOps Enterprise Summit is we had 1,100 uh talks um, across 19 conferences uh, from technology leaders showing how they were taking the same practices and inventing new ones um, to help their organizations win. And um, so across 19 conferences, 10 years, uh, many people were saying, "Uh, I can't get my friends to come because they think it's just about (laughs) DevOps pipelines. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, uh, uh, you know, did kind of uh, bring out this point right and so they would go on to say uh you know uh, it's about you know security uh the regulatory environment is about working uh with their business uh counterparts it's about helping their organizations win about culture psychological safety right uh sre platforms team topologies so um you know uh, we changed the name to enterprise technology leadership summit because that's what we thought uh, you know the programming is really about the mission stays the same. Help technology leaders succeed and their organizations win. Um, same programming, just a different name.
0: And and I going to come back to because again, part of this is like the societal. I have to go this way, The societal impact of these practices when applied at the largest scale. I remember a stat from years ago, and it was something like the majority of of teams, like the vast majority of teams, are less than um, ten people but the majority of developers work on teams of more than 100 people. So there's this <laughs> weird kind of power law thing where you know these large uh, teams have an outsized footprint in the software industry. And, and that's kind of how I think about this uh, when you talk about bringing these things to the largest organizations is they just have a massive impact on society as a whole. Uh, for me, my motivation in high-performing organizations, I have the same kind of interest. And a lot of it is Reducing suffering, because like you say, it seems like like it's a because it's, it's a win all the way around. Somehow it's faster, better, cheaper, more secure. Like there's no trade offs, and and so people are otherwise suffering needlessly. How can I? How can we fix that? And then so for me, your mission of like bringing this to the largest organizations just resonates completely. So that?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think uh, just speaking kind of numerically, um, you know, let's say a couple of years ago, Forrester said there's like 28 million developers on the planet of which I think a million at most were in the tech giants, right? And, you know, uh, tech giants minus one. And so what it means is that, uh, you know, the majority of organizations, uh, developers are in these, you know, more traditional enterprises. And it just seems, uh, I think what you and I share a lot of uh, common passion around is that, you know, they should not be relegated and predestined to live like the Phoenix Project forever. (laughs) (laughs) So isn't it amazing that you can take the same people um, and uh, put them in a, uh, uh, just like the new me joint venture, same people, flames floor, floor, same floor space, same equipment, and you go from worst to first. And and that's what I'm just so proud uh, of, you know, as a organizer, I think it's really a showcase for people to tell these amazing transformation stories of uh, that do exactly that
0: <laughs> we were at X and now we're at Y. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and the weird thing is that we've had a lot of transformation stories here, and so this is, I'm going to kind of segue a bit into what I'm excited about for your book. Um, we've, had a, we've had a lot of literature about exciting better results. Uh, I'm often finding the, uh, the, the difficulty of somehow at these large organizations, at the very top level, there's like a disconnect. I often find the executives are often eager for change. The people at the lowest level are eager for change. And somehow there's a transmission problem. <laughs> there's this missing element in the middle. And it's, it's been how to uh, help the, the, the leaders uh, um, at the highest level get consensus among the organizational leadership about the changes they're gonna make and then bring them into the organization. That certainly was part of the goal of Agile Conversations was to help prepare people for those conversations. What I'm excited about with wiring the winning organization is I feel like now I have a better book to take to some of those leaders and be like, these are the conversations you need to be having, right? You're, this is, it gives them a framework to go out and and actually go and engage with the next level down. Well, first even at the highest level, like get consensus, like this is what we need to do, and then the next level down. And I, and I think this is a, just a, a fantastic book for that. So tell me about then about how for you, where this book fits in there, because you know you've you've alluded to one of your books, but you've, many of your books have been about bringing these these things to the larger publics, going from you know the DevOps handbook way way back when, to <laughs> you know the the Phoenix project, uh, the, the Unicorn uh, project. So where do you see, and what was exciting to you to go through the pain and suffering of creating <laughs> <laughs> another book? Tell, tell me about how that fit in.
1: Yeah, and as a fellow author, I think you can resonate with that Mark Twain quote, I hate writing, but I love having written. <laughs> right? yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, maybe I can answer. The, I think I have like three responses uh, to your question. Great. Like, what's my most personal um, uh, motivation? What was a quest that I felt like uh, was dominated the last three and a half years? <clears throat> of which your my conversations with you, your appearances on the Idealcast podcast was so much a part of. And it's just answering this question of, you know, what is in common between, uh, you know, the areas that I've been studying in software of like, you know, DevOps, agile, um, you know, SRE, the areas that Steve studied in manufacturing, Toyota production system, lean, uh, you know, joint areas of like resilience, engineering, safety culture, um, you know, what do they have in common and, uh, what are the universal principles at work? And, you know, the answer. Um, that I just love that we put in the book is that um, is that they're all incomplete expressions of a far greater but very simple whole, <laughs> and uh, I, I just yes. love the. Uh, for me, it was very exhilarating, you know, to say that you know whenever you look at that transformation, uh, there's only three mechanisms at work, right? And I love that phrase, um, you know, explain the most with the least, now, the principle of parsimony, <laughs> right? Or uh, um, you try to explain the most. Amount of observable phenomena with the fewest number of principles, confirm deeply held intuitions, uh, but also reveal surprising insights. So, yeah, I, th- I think we, uh, came, I think came up with something very simple and very uh, satisfying. You know, to be able to explain a lot, uh, and we can go into those mechanisms later. The second thing <clears throat> uh, that I just found so exciting about the collaboration is that Stephen Spear, he's uh, uh, famous for his contribution to. Decoding the DNA of the Toyota production system. So that famous <coughs> 1999 Harvard Business Review paper. Uh, you know, was he was one of the second generation of researchers to focus. You know the Toyota uh, productivity paradox, and uh, you know he went on to study engine design at Pratt and Whitney. Uh, studied, he helped build a safety culture at Alcoa. Um, uh, similarly, with the U.S. Naval reactor. Um, you know comprehensively responsible for all aspects of design operations for the nuclear reactors for the us navy sea going fleet and, and so if i could really boil that down like i come from software he comes from hardware yeah. <laughs> <and> more. <laughs> to show that uh it's so much the, the responsibility of leaders you know to create the uh, uh architecture and social circuitry that is what the is the main predictor of performance um that's very compatible with the findings from the state of DevOps research, where we find that some of the top predictors of performance was software architecture, to what degree can teams work independently of each other, without a lot of fine-grained communication coordination, and you know uh, that, and we work in a way where effects are contained and don't spread, you know, to cause global catastrophic outcome. Another one of the top predictors was uh, the Western organizational typology model, right? You know, I'll call it organizational culture, but we cannot explain a lot of that through the three mechanisms of slowification, simplification, and uh, uh, amplification. And I just, uh, I, I would say the last thing that I just love is the fact that the language of software architecture, architecture permeates the book, right? And so something that you and I hold near and dear, right? Uh, all the way to your KidCon days and before, right? The notion that there's something about architecture um, uh, that is so important for teams to be effective and have independence of action uh, coupling and cohesion you know yeah. if, if i could wave a magic <laughs> wand every leader right not the technology leaders but every leader also has some intuition about that and we're going to give them a language for it um, and it doesn't matter what domain they came from you know technology manufacturing supply chain there's a language of systems of how we control the socio parts of the socio-technical system that is going to be imprinted by software architecture i just find that just exhilarating.
0: <laughs> you know, as, as you're as you're describing it, and I'm and we won't keep our listeners in suspense forever. We'll we'll get into the <laughs> the mechanisms. But if um if having read you know Phoenix Project, Accelerate Unicorn Project and Stephen Spear's work, High Velocity Edge, some of his other papers, it's like the two of them had a baby, <laughs> you know, sort of like, and, but, it, but except for it's like not less the descendant, it's more like the abstraction, you know, it's sort of like finding what was common, what was common here? Because And I will say something like, I really enjoyed reading High Velocity Edge, but I also struggled a bit to take it to some of the other leaders who I wanted to benefit from the lessons, um. I have done a lot of reading, as I'm sure you, I know you have, is in in things outside of software, you know, things in lean and safety culture and things of that nature, the items that you mentioned. And so it was possible, having read the goal and I find that just fantastic, and read other gold rat and um, you know, hanging out with um the, the summit and talking about or or our DevOps days conferences and and talking to uh, uh John about deming, you know, and and Having a background in that, that, I could really easily make the translation from the hardware Toyota examples and so on in high velocity edge, but struggled to to <laughs> to, to, to have it have traction with people who only knew software. Yeah, and and um, and so it's for me the excitement of having this element, which I, I think is does a great job of abstracting it to that higher level, and in finding a level that the uh, audience can think about it organizationally. Because like I said, it's the, I think it's often been the case that the leadership struggle to, well, what do we actually do within our organization? You know, we've read these principles, we've read these practices, but even if I read, for example, like um, Phoenix Project, there's a lot in there that say, first and second level managers in technology, would it would resonate with them. but But it was challenging for it to be an executive level conversation. It was, you know, for the executive team to engage in the content of Phoenix Project. Uh, How is that, does does that resonate with what you've heard and your mission to kind of get uh, these principles and ideas at the highest level?
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, for those of you who don't see the video, I'm I'm just like nodding violently as uh, Douglas, (laughs) uh, sorry, uh, as Jeffrey was uh, talking. Because I think that was the, I think the the joint aspiration that we had Actually, let me talk about my first, and I'll share how it also sounded like for Steve, is that uh, I often noticed, uh, studying the DevOps enterprise technology leadership community, is that the success of the technology organization was often dependent on their boss. <laughs> and you change out their boss, and like it could, it could collapse, <laughs> not overnight, but uh, you know, within months, quarters, uh, years. Yeah. And uh, there's something that seems so wrong. That uh, Why is it that we are so dependent wholly reliant on uh a fickle you know leader of the boss of the technology of the technology leader and uh so one of my aspirations was how can you create uh and communicate to the person who doesn't come from software to tap their own intuitions and experiences about like what well-organized systems look like um And give a language to that and i think what's so exciting is that we're saying that the same sort of engineering mindset that we use to design uh, the technical parts of the socio-technical system uh, is exactly what you need you know the same sensibilities can be used to shape the socio parts of the socio-technical system and it doesn't matter whether that leader comes from supply chain manufacturing retail you know it uh, one hopes that for them to get to where they are they have these other important you know intuitions and uh, uh beliefs that can have us converge on you know the right sort of principles that shape what organizations should look like um and I think for Steve he had a very similar parallel goal which was that you know he too has experienced where you have pockets of greatness but somehow we don't have the top level support from the person who matters and you know can we create simple vignettes that can communicate with them, to have them have their aha moment. (laughs) Uh, You know, to say, oh, I I see now that I've designed an incoherent, overly coupled system, using the metaphor of a couch, (laughs) moving a couch and, you know, (laughs) silos of movers and painters. And so those are things that um, is my genuine hope that, uh, you know, we can communicate these things where people have this aha moment.
0: Yeah, uh, that's fantastic. You know what? I, let's, let's, uh, uh let's, uh, stop, uh, uh, talking about the content uh, around the content. Let's, <laughs> let's actually get into it. This is, I'm, I'm super happy to hear this and, and hear it from, from you directly about your motivation. And because I was projecting a bit, you know, and, and then to, to hear it confirmed from you, what you're looking to achieve and, and the, the view from Steve and, and to have it align with it is is very, is very gratifying. But, um, we're almost, I think we're about out of time for this week. Uh, Gene, would you be willing to come back? next week. And we can get into uh, the content that your three magic recipes for uh, the winning organization. Absolutely. Uh, could not be happy to do so. All right. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, thank you, Gene. We look forward to have you back next week. Uh, and we're hoping for your listeners for you to also be back next week. Uh, you can find us, of course, on agileconversations.com and uh, in your podcast player of choice and uh, talk to you then.